Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to focus upon an international organization that has over 1.2 million members and over 36,000 clubs around the world. That's Rotary International. My guest is an expert on Rotary. Mr. John Hugo is the General Secretary and Chief Executive Officer of Rotary International and the Rotary Foundation. From 2004 to 2009, Mr. Hugo was Vice President for Operations and Compact Development for the Millennium Challenge Corporation. John Hugo, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Bill, thanks for having me on. Well, John, we did this taping about five years ago at the United Nations face-to-face, but this time we'll have to do it a little bit differently than we did that time. But let's talk about Rotary International. Rotary was established in 1905 by Paul Harris in Chicago, Illinois. You today have 1.2 million members, of which you and I are both Rotarians. You're in, we have over 36,000 Rotary clubs around the world in over 200 countries and territories. The motto is service above self. Why did Paul Harris in 1905 want to start an organization of like-minded businessmen, businessmen at that time, and now business women today too, why did he want to start that organization? Well, you know, Paul came to, to, to Chicago from a from a smaller town, and he was a lawyer, and and he had um, sort of when he got to Chicago, big alienating city, and he wanted to create an organization that really brought professionals together uh, uh, to network professionally, uh, but also to uh, to have a good time uh, with each other. So in some ways, Rotary was the the first LinkedIn before anyone had even heard of uh, heard of LinkedIn, and so it was really created back in 1905, as you said, Bill, as a as a networking as a networking organization. And over time, uh, that sort of service component was added to, to Rotary's mission. As you said, our motto is service above, above self. So Rotary today is really an organization that is, I would say, the intersection between commerce and cause, where you join Rotary uh, to, uh, to really network professionally, but you also join Rotary to make a difference in your community, in your country, and in the in, in the and in the world. So really bring together those two uh, sort of, as I said, the intersection between commerce and cause. Mm-hmm. Well, John, Rotary International and its thirty-six thousand clubs around the world have literally tens of thousands of projects going on, and Rotarians are people of action. We've got a very short video. It runs about thirty seconds. It says that is we are Rotary people of action. So let's take a look at that and we'll come back and talk about it. For over 100 years, Rotary members have taken action when challenges arise. We know what people can do when they come together and put others before themselves. The team lead said they will continue the campaign to fight against the coronavirus. Local Rotary clubs deliver food and supplies to people in need. Strangers become friends, helping hands multiply, and problems turn into solutions. We are Rotary. We are people of action. Learn more at rotary.org slash action. 
I think that really highlights how Rotarians are people of action. They take action when they see problems. And it doesn't matter if you're dealing with climate change, clean water, human trafficking, poverty, whatever it may be, Rotarians are there to help and to lend a hand. No, it's really, it's really incredible. As you said, Bill, in the, in the opening, we have 1.2 million members around the world, uh, over 200 geographic locations, 36,000 clubs. I like to say that there's not a Rotarian in the world who doesn't have, or a politician in the world doesn't have a Rotarian as a constituent. And as an organization, it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, the scope of activities that Rotary clubs do both on the local, regional, and international level is incredible, starting with our signature corporate initiative, the eradication of polio, but it's, it's much, much more than that. It's water and sanitation. Is disease prevention and treatment, it's literacy. We run one of the largest youth exchange uh, programs in the world. Every year we send uh, seven, eight, nine thousand students around the world on uh, medium and long-term uh, exchange programs. We fund a hundred uh, students per year to do master's degrees in peace and conflict resolution or certificate degrees in peace and conflict resolution. We have over 1400 alumni now of our Peace Scholars uh, program. And so it's, uh, it's extraordinary organization that really spans the globe and spans the gamut of, of service activities and, and really making a difference in communities everywhere. The major parts of Rotary International is the Rotary Foundation and the financing of the various projects. What is the Rotary Foundation and what is your peer-to-peer -peer fundraising platform? Well, our Rotary Foundation was founded back in 1917 by a Rotarian named Arch Klump, and it was founded to uh, to really make a difference, to uh, to make a difference, to do good, in, to do good in the world. Uh, and it's uh, the foundation is the vehicle through which we we raise money and then uh, provide grants for activities such as polio eradication or give grants back to Rotary clubs and Rotarians to do projects, uh, many of the, of the ones I had just, uh, had just, uh, had just talked about. Um, and so it's, a, it's really the vehicle by which we do good, uh, do good in the world. And we've just recently rolled out a new peer-to-peer -peer fundraising tool, uh, Raise for Rotary, and it's, uh, it's really catching on. It's quite good. I, I just did a, a pol uh, for World Polio Day in, in October, I did a, uh, a bike ride. Uh, use that tool to raise money. I think with the Gates Foundation match, we get a, a two to one match from the Gates Foundation for every dollar that we raise and spend on, on polio eradication. I was able to raise almost $10,000 uh, just for that little ride I did here in on the North Shore of, uh, of Chicago for polio. So it's a neat tool we've developed. Rotarians are embracing it and it's become an effective way to, to raise money for our causes. Well, John, the partnerships are extremely important and it, they're just absolutely invaluable. And of course, you've had a strong working relationship with the United Nations. The 50th anniversary of the United Nations was in 1995, and we just celebrated the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. But going back to 1995, Rotary did an excellent documentary on this very unique partnership that you have with the United Nations and their various agencies, not just the UN in New York, but also agencies such as the UN Children's Fund, UNICEF, and the UN World Health Organization. So let's take a look at a part of this documentary that you did, and we'll come back and talk about it. There were many who doubted that agreement could ever be reached by these 50 countries differing so much in race and religion, language and culture. But these differences were all forgotten 
in one unshakable unity of determination to find a way to end war. With those sentiments, U.S. President Harry S. Truman and other leaders from around the world founded the United Nations. Its purposes to maintain international peace and security, to develop friendly relations among nations, to help solve global economic and social problems, and to promote human rights. And it's no coincidence that some of these purposes find their roots in Rotary. Nearly 50 Rotarians served as delegates, advisors, and consultants at the historic gathering. The invitation to take part in the Charter Conference was a clear recognition of Rotary's early prominence in efforts to advance understanding, goodwill, and peace around the globe. John, that shows how Rotarians were actively involved in San Francisco, and as we mentioned earlier, even before the United Nations was formed, but Rotary and the UN, they have similar goals. I mean, you could almost interchange them, as shown by that by that uh, documentary clip that you, you can see that their goals are very, very similar as far as uh, humanitarian, economic, and social development and that type of thing, are they not? Absolutely, and if you look at the Rotary's DNA, two, two clear trends that are embedded in our DNA. One is this really focus on peace, uh, bridging, differences, uh, bridging differences among people, fostering goodwill uh, uh, among, among peoples and among, and among nations. And the other is that, that development peace. Uh, making a difference with through projects involved water and sanitation, disease prevention, treatment, literacy, community, community development. And so uh, in some ways, the UN mission of fostering peace, but also making the world a better place, uh, really overlaps in many, many ways with what, with what Rotary does. And as the film pointed out, we have a deep, uh, longstanding relationship with the, with the, with the United Nations. And we're, again, we're particularly proud of the fact that you know, 49 Rotarians uh, participated in the in the various working groups and commissions that in San Francisco in 1945 that led to the UN the UN Charter. So our roots with the UN go deep, and our and our missions uh, in many ways overlap. Well, John, that shows again that unique partnership. <laughs> we keep coming back to those two words, unique partnership. And of course, our viewers, if they'd like more information, they can go to your website at www.rotary.org to look at the vast array of programs that you're involved in, and also perhaps to look at becoming a Rotarian. Also, if they're interested in the United Nations and all of the issues it deals with from peace and security to economic and social development to promoting human rights, they can go to www.un.org. Well, John, let's move into another area that's tangentially related, and that's the Rotary Peace Centers. That's a critical part of Rotary International. What, what are the peace centers? What do they do? When were they formed? Well, again, as I said, peace and peace building is a huge part of Rotary's DNA, and it's, it's a big part of our activities. Um, we, every year, we fund um, 100 of what we call peace scholars. Uh, half will be participating in uh, master's degree programs in peace and conflict resolution, and the other half in a, a certificate program that we have with Cholungkorn University in, in Thailand. And those that are doing the master's degrees, we have relations with, with seven universities around the world that, that uh, where our scholars, our scholars study. And we now have over 1400 alumni from this, uh, from this Peace Scholar program. We're very proud of that. And so we've really been very active and aggressive in trying to create uh, a generation of trained uh, young men and women 
uh, in the peace building area and through their skills and talents and their, their work going forward professionally, we really hope to continue to make a huge, a huge difference in that, in that area. We've just recently, we'll be opening up a new peace center in Africa, Makerere University in, in Uganda, uh, our first peace center on the continent of Africa, uh, which will be offering a certificate program, a three-month certificate program. So we're very, very excited, uh, excited about that. Well, John, you not only have really excellent partnerships with United Nations agencies, but also with other groups too. And one that comes to mind is the United States Peace Corps. What type of memo of understanding do you have with the Peace Corps and how does that work as far as tying together Rotarians in various parts of the world and Peace Corps volunteers who are in over 60 countries right now? Yeah, we do have a global um, memorandum of understanding agreement with, with Peace Corps between Rotary International and, and the Peace Corps. And the idea here is to really leverage the, the presence and the skill set of, of uh, Peace Corps volunteers on the ground and, and Rotarians. As I mentioned, there's probably not a region or a place in the world that doesn't have Rotarians. And of course, Peace Corps is, is, is in many, many, many countries in the world. And so in those areas where we have a strong Rotary presence and a strong uh, Peace Corps presence, what we're doing now is having Peace Corps volunteers work together with Rotary Clubs on, on projects, whether it be Rotary Clubs helping Peace Corps volunteers with the work they're doing or, or vice, uh, vice versa. And we've been very successful in a number of countries and are very proud of our, our strong relationship with, uh, with the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. And if our viewers are interested in the U.S. Peace Corps, they can go to peacecorps.gov. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or Community Access Television Station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you just have a website, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at our unique international organization. In fact, the first service club ever formed and one of the largest in the world, and that is Rotary International. My guest is an expert on Rotary. Mr. John Huco is the General Secretary and Chief Executive Officer of Rotary International and the Rotary Foundation. John, we're talking about a wide range of Rotary programs and your partnership with the United Nations, but uh, let's focus on one in particular, which has been really the largest and probably the most important international health project ever undertaken, and that is Polio Plus. So today, what, where are we with Polio Plus? We think back to 1985, Rotary officially launched the Polio Plus program, 1987. You went to the UN Children's Fund, UNICEF, UN World Health Organization, Centers for Disease Control, and brought them in as partners to help eliminate the scourge of polio. But what is the status of it today, especially with this COVID-19 tragedy that we've lived under for, for almost a year now? So exactly what, where are we on that program? Well, you know, back, Bill, back in 1985, a Rotary, a nonprofit, not a government agency, not a multilateral institution, not a ministry of health, had the audacity, and I think that's the right word, the audacity to say we, 
are going to eradicate the disease from the face of the earth. We're going to eradicate polio. And back in 85, only one other human disease had ever been eradicated, and that was, and that was smallpox. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1988, um, we were then joined by the World Health Organization, uh, by the CDC from the United States, and by, by UNICEF uh, to form the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. And subsequent to that, we've been joined by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and most recently by Gavi, the Vaccine, Vaccine Alliance. And so the, the polio eradication effort is probably, I would say, the most successful public, one of the most successful, if not the most successful public-private uh, global health initiatives in, in history. We started with, back in 1985, 100, uh, 125 countries, 350,000 cases per year of polio. And really through the extraordinary efforts of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative, of which again, Rotary is a founding a member, we're now down to just two countries, Afghanistan and Pakistan, where the wild polio virus is still, is still, is still active. We've eliminated cases by 99.9%, .9 and we truly are on the verge of eradicating the second uh, human disease uh, in, in history. And so this is a legacy that uh, all the partners in the GPI are going to leave for mankind really for as long as we, as long as we uh, inhabit, inhabit the earth. And of course, as part of that effort, we're working very closely as uh, our partners in the GPI with the World Health Organization and, 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 and UNICEF, uh, particularly UNICEF with uh, that, UN, that UN connection. Well, John, the Polio Plus program has been, without a doubt, the largest international health program ever undertaken by a private organization and a quasi-public organization like the UN, the private organization's Rotary, and it's been one of the most successful. We're just down to a handful, well, two countries and around 100 cases and went from 350,000 down to such a low number. Well, every year, Rotary International has a convention. You hold it in some in the United States or in some other part of the world. And of course, in 2020, the one that you were going to hold in Honolulu, Hawaii had to be canceled. But uh, you did address the Rotarians. You did a virtual message to them. And we have about a four minute, 30 second address of you talking about how the convention is different this, this past year. Also talking about how COVID-19 has changed the world and how Rotary is adjusting to these changes and actually building, having successes on some of the uh, very devastating things that have happened to us. So let's take a break and for a moment and go to the, to the video. Hello everyone. It's great to be here at Rotary's first ever virtual convention, 2020. You know, even before the coronavirus struck, the world faced rising inequality, social unrest and polarization. And Rotary's pre-COVID challenge could be summarized in one question. How can we come closer together when world events are pushing us further apart? However, today we face a new challenge. And that is, how can we come closer together when we are asked to stay further apart? Many of us are, sh are sheltered in our homes, often working alone, traveling only for food if we can. These are the changes we've made to protect our families, our loved ones, and our communities. But with this change also comes a unique opportunity to adapt the way Rotarians connect and serve. There's no question COVID-19 is a tragedy, but in the new reality of enforced isolation, the ability of our members to make connections has renewed power and relevance. Throughout our 115 year history, we've adapted in the face of war, economic crises, and other hardships. And we've survived because we innovated to stay ahead in a rapidly changing world. 
And so too must we continue to persevere today because the world needs Rotary now more than ever. In fact, Rotary was built for moments like this. Now is the moment for volunteers to step up as never before. And there is no social network with more history, more passion, more purpose in showing the unlimited power of volunteer service than Rotary. We've been providing for local communities, even in places where governments cannot reach, for over a century. And we're already helping to curb the impact of this virus. Rotary members are making protective equipment for health workers. Some are physicians racing to the front lines. Others are using 3D printers to create face shields or finding new ways to help COVID-19 patients breathe and recover. And our clubs are taking a new look at the future needs of their communities, finding solutions for online learning and launching new businesses to thrive in a post-COVID world. We are adapting not just in the way we serve, but also in the way we connect. And this means more than just holding club meetings online. It means reinventing our largest fundraising and training events of the year. It means rethinking the ways in which we do our projects. Of course, some things will need to change permanently as we move forward. And I'm sure that we'll want to embrace creative new ways to connect and serve in the post-COVID era. In fact, some clubs may move to a new blend of online and in-person meetings. So, so there is an opportunity in this time of turmoil. Think of our Rotaractors who grew up in the digital era and whose talents we must deploy in finding new ways to connect despite social isolation. In fact, now is the time more than ever to invite Rotaractors to be an equal, an equal partner in shaping our future. So, so if our vision is to bring more people together to create lasting change, then we must persevere just as we have for over 30 years in fighting polio. We didn't give up the polio fight just because we faced setbacks. No, we took on the impossible and made it inevitable. And we need to apply that same perseverance and focus as we strive to overcome the challenges of the COVID pandemic. Because now is our time. Now is our time to adapt as an organization in order to ensure that Rotary remains strong, vibrant, and relevant. Now is our time to transform our neighborhoods from centers of crisis to communities of compassion. Now is our time to instill new hope in place of fear. Now is our time to lead, to shape a new and better world as we emerge from this crisis. So let's seize the moment because we are Rotarians and that is what we do. Well, John, that certainly summarized so many of the challenges that uh, the Rotarians and, and, many, and many people around the world, most people, I guess, confront today. But in closing, before we run out of time completely, let me ask you, how do you see, even upon this devastation of COVID-19, the, the ashes of the horrific disease that we've had, how do you see the Rotarians having success? And what, what are they doing that's actually been successful as far as adapting to this and changing the way to, that they do business so they can still be involved in providing humanitarian assistance in their communities and to people around the world? Well, I think your organization has reacted on two levels, Bill. One is 
that, you know, given our experience in polio and given our experience in doing good in so many other areas, we're really able to leverage our platform and really make a difference for communities around the world uh, with COVID. Uh, we dispersed uh, in the first few months of this pandemic over $30 million worth of grants to Rotary Clubs uh, around the world for COVID-related activities from the Rotary Foundation. Uh, but that, that's just that touches the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Rotary Clubs all over the world have been raising money locally, spending it, working on getting PPE, food, shop, whatever is needed to deal with the COVID, COVID crisis. So our experience both on polio and other things we do really has served us well here in terms of helping address the immediate needs of the COVID, COVID pan, uh, pandemic. Also with our polio effort, uh, we're very obviously very passionate about vaccination, the need to vaccinate, the importance of vaccination. And I suspect as an organization, we're gonna play an important role in advocating for people to get vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine uh, once, once it becomes uh, prevalent throughout, uh, throughout the world. But also from an organizational perspective, you know, we've been uh, trying as many organizations have to really embrace technology, uh, to utilize technology to create new ways of meeting and doing things. And all of a sudden in a, you know, really literally a two week period, all 1.2 million Rotarians around the world had to move to a, a, a new uh, virtual regime. And I think as an organization, we found that we can sort of operate and do things much more effectively using technology in a way that we haven't in, in the past. So yes, this is a tragedy for, for the world, but it has been an opportunity for Rotary to utilize its strengths and comparative advantage in both addressing the COVID needs, but also to help our organization move forward, embrace technology and do things in a more effective, better way. Well, John, it's still remarkable all the great things that are being accomplished by Rotary International and the, uh, the 1.2 million Rotarians around the world I'm often reminded there are so many excellent quotes that Paul Harris, the founder of Rotary International, had over the, the years that he led that organization. And I'm reminded of one that I think of quite frequently, and it is, ignorance is a menace to peace. And of course, Rotary is a great source of finding solid, objective humanitarian information as going to the United Nations agencies, going to a wide range of other groups. But this is something that we all need to focus upon to really learn more about these problems and these issues and how we can work together to solve them. Because no one person, no one country can do it, but we have to do it in conjunction with people in other areas of the world. But John Hugo, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Well, Bill, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us on today's Global Connections program.